Kelly Zimmerman is no stranger to the Seattle tech scene, and she's on a new adventure in the industry. She spent over 15 years building and leading teams in companies such as Concur and Avalara. Kelly is now CEO of Bellevue-based startup Brightloom, which leverages AI and data to help restaurants such as El Pollo Loco, Ruby Tuesday, and Jamba Juice accelerate their marketing and customer engagement. Welcome to Viewscapes, stories from Washington State Magazine, connecting you to Washington State University, the state, and the world. I'm Larry Clark, editor of the magazine. I spoke with Kelly about the twists and turns of the tech industry and her career after graduating from Washington State University's Carson College of Business, with an emphasis in management information systems. She decided to return to the world of startups when she joined Brightloom in 2020 as President and Chief Revenue Officer. Hi, Kelly. Hi, Larry. Uh, Thanks for joining me today. Could you introduce yourself to our listeners? Sure. Kelly Zimmerman, a graduate of, of Washington State University in 2001. I am now currently the President and Chief Revenue Officer of Brightloom here in the Bellevue, Seattle area. That's great. Uh, what what is Brightloom involved with? What what do you do? Yeah, uh, I love this because I get to inform a little bit about our startup, right, to a greater community. So thanks. Um, so Brightloom is really focused on being a part of this new generation of AI-driven tools and, and software solutions. So we help brand marketers make the right recommendation to the right customer at the right time. Our goal and mission in life is to help the relationship between a consumer or customer and the brand, you know, be be productive, be beneficial, mutually beneficial, and inevitably ensure that it's a long and lasting one. Sure. And and you work, if I understand correctly, in a specific industry. We do. We focus intently on the uh, restaurant and retail space. You know, so if you think about Starbucks, right, mm-hmm. as a as a customer and investor in our company, they a lot of what you see in the app today, right, which is making insightful recommendations to you. A lot of that uh, work behind the scenes is something we're we're doing. Yeah, and the Starbucks app always seems to know what I want, so <laughs> I think it's working. It is good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but. This isn't your first um, your first job within the tech industry. Can you tell us a little bit about you know your background and and how you how you ended up here? You know, I, I'll tell you. I uh, early on uh, when Washington State University offered uh, MIS, right? Is actually it was it was when I was part of that group. Um, it was a new offering as part of the business program. And at the time, I was really entranced by all of the exciting startups that were happening in the dot-com era, if you will. And I wanted to be a part of it. I was actually one of the few females in the earlier program there. I wanted to one day build a software company. That was my, my mission and goal. Now, my journey you know, hasn't been a direct connection to that. Now, I'm at a startup, and I definitely am fulfilling the dream that I once had, but have had a pretty great you know, and successful and interesting and challenging. And um, really, quite quite frankly, I'm very lucky to have led the career I have to get to this point. Yeah. What were some of those challenges? Yeah. I mean, many, you know, I can think of it from many different angles. One is, you know, when you're part of a startup in particular, that was um, one of the first organizations I was a part of, a, a company called 
MCN and we built networks in the medical industry. It wasn't my first choice, let me tell you, because I wanted to be in software. But at the time, the dot-com era was was bursting and I had to just pick the first job that, you know, I could get. But with that, I'll tell you, you know, in a startup and even in the software industry in general, you know, you have the opportunity to wear many different hats. And quite frankly, you're often the pioneer, right, of something new. As an example, even today, right, we're pioneering AI in an industry that quite frankly hasn't been advancing technically is a lot of the rest of of the world. And so a lot of the challenges you face are bringing innovation, right? Often to something that hasn't been innovated before or needs replacing or revamping or enhancing, I like to say. Um, And with that comes a lot of challenges. You're learning the hard way. You're taking risks. Sometimes you fail, right? Mm -hmm. I found myself quickly In the sales realm, which was not something I actually anticipated ever being in, mainly because I took some risks and I got out there to help other engineers one random evening go out and and sell an account before you knew what I was selling. So, you know, taking risks is is definitely a part of uh, the tech industry. And with that comes, you know, the challenges of learning, sometimes the easy way and sometimes the hard way. From somebody outside of the tech industry, these startups come and they they go. Um, but I've heard the term fail fast, you know, and, and move on. Yeah, take risks, fail fast. That's right. <laughs> that's what it's has, all about. Yeah. And and mm-hmm. do you feel that's been a, a good model for you? Do you do you feel fulfilled doing doing that kind of work? Is it exciting? Yeah, it's it's really exciting. I mean, I'll tell you, having been part of larger organizations like SAP hundreds of thousands of employees versus a startup, which has less than a hundred, you definitely have to be comfortable with failing fast, especially in a startup environment. It's only 10x what it is, you know, at let's say an SAP. And so for me, I thrive off of, of that challenge, right? You really have to instill in yourself a lot of confidence, right? And just be somewhat humble, right? And nimble, in the process because you will get humbled, right? You will make wrong decisions and you will hope for the best and 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 unfortunately get the worst. And so that's all part of the game and you got to like it. You know, I like to think of it almost like a chessboard every day. Mm-hmm. It's what am I going to, you know, pull forward and someone's going to hop over me and I'm going to be sent back, you know, to the to start over again. Fine, right? That's part of the game and you got to kind of that's the way I've been able I think to succeed is I really take it as a game and and it's just a, a game of passion and innovation and you just got to keep going. Kind of stepping back just a little bit to your experience at WSU, were there things you learned or, or something about the culture of the MIS program that really helped you succeed now? You know, I, I really have thought a lot about that, especially because I haven't thought about that in a while, right? Since I've been away for, for some time. But there are two elements that I would say Washington State really gave me. One was this ability to to grow and flourish in a community. I think WSU has such a unique opportunity with students and that it's a student-led city, right? It's a it's a city that you're living often in, you know, ju- within your peers and you naturally or organically start to build, you know, relationships or 
even hierarchy in some regard, right? Around leadership opportunities. And you find those things just naturally by the community itself, living in a student-only, student-led community. I think one of the assets I bring to a company is my ability to connect with people quickly, my ability to have high EQ, as I like to think about it, right? To understand what they're thinking and how I can relate quickly. And I credit that all to WSU. I I definitely didn't have that skill growing up in a smaller community before college. I didn't have that skill going in. And I definitely gained that leaving um, the program. As far as MIS, you know, I remember specifically um, an assignment that our a team had. We were put into teams. It was a local state farm um, insurance company agent. Back in early 2000, there wasn't a lot of technology as, as it is today where someone can just go online and buy something, right? Like back then, it was much different. And one of our first assignments was helping organize customer information for this local state farm. And, you know, the the agent was amazing and brought us in, allowed us to, you know, just really understand their business, what mattered. You know, we worked with this really creative group of of team to build what we felt like an automated Rolodex, you know, for lack of a better word. And it really helped him. And, you know, the thing that I loved is several years later, he actually found us, the team that had bought, that had helped him, you know, do that. And at the time, he said it was one of the most impactful things that someone had ever done for his business. And I will remember that story forever because it taught me what technology can bring a business. It can bring a business a lot. If you really put the right thoughtfulness towards it, it can really be impactful. I think it's another you know piece of the program that I felt like was just really set me up for long-term success in, in this industry. Well, it sounds a little bit like uh, what you were describing with Brightloom, because with restaurant industry, building that customer relationship is so important and having technology assist in that. You know, it's kind of cool to hear that you were doing that work even back at WSU. Yeah, it's it taught me customer first thinking for sure, which in, in sometimes the tech industry that can often get lost, right? Mm-hmm. It becomes less about the customer and more about the innovation. And I like to keep bringing that customer back to the front of the conversation. Well, and speaking of conversations, there's a lot of conversation about changes in the tech industry you know, I have some of the big companies that um, are laying a lot off a lot of, of people. What does this mean for a startup and kind of where do you see this going? What How's it going to affect uh, the tech industry? The tech industry has benefited from such growth, right, over the last decade, really, right? And with that came luxuries. I can even think of some of my my second tech job. You know, we had lunch provided for us. I mean, it was there was a lot of luxury in the tech industry because of its growth and its ability to really have these intense margins, right, across what the products they were offering and the people to support it. It's getting tighter, you know, and tech companies are are learning quickly, I think, especially post-COVID, that you can't spend like you used to. Um, There's just not that room for (laughs) these luxuries. And some of those luxuries are people too, you know, more people to do the work. So in today's environment, it definitely is about doing more with less, finding creative ways, you know, even more creative ways to even leverage other technologies to get better with your own. 
And in the startup community, you know, I'm going to be going into a fundraising environment here shortly. I'm nervous, right? I'm very nervous because the, the, the VC markets just aren't opening the pocketbook like they used to. And so it's going to force me as the leader to be very specific about our value and really intentional about the growth and the things that we can do and, and remain extremely focused on that. As they say, sometimes when the going gets tough, you know, that's when you learn the most and you can flourish coming out of that. And so through this dip, not only for a startup, but I think large organizations too, tech will come out better on the other side. It's just going to be hard through this process. Um, is Brightloom going to be going through an IPO coming up or is that even in the works? Oh, Larry, if, if you Sorry, that should I not ask? Ball, no, I, I mean, that's, that's, you know, that's my dream. I, you know, at Concur, I was part of a company that, um, you know, we, we grew exponentially. So I went from a, a hundred million dollar company to nearly a billion dollar company. Pretty cool, right? To be on that 12 year journey. I learned a lot. Then at Avalara, my next mission was I want to help take a company public. And so at Avalara, coming in, they were already on their way, but they just needed to kind of optimize a bit more. I came in and, and we IPO'd within a year and a half. Now, I want to take a company from the beginning stage to an IPO. That's my dream. So I hope your crystal ball in question is insightful, um, but that's definitely the goal. Thinking of the restaurant industry and and kind of the exciting work that that Brightloom is doing, you know, it sounds sounds promising to me. If there's one thing I've learned in tech, right, is that when you're part of a transformation, right, when your technology is helpful in transforming an industry, at Concur we transform the travel and expense industry. Avalara, it was all about e-commerce and tax and how to make sure Amazon and others, right, were tax compliant. Right. And my timing there was impeccable, quite frankly, in that transformation. Now it's helping restaurants and retailers use AI and use their data to transform the way they interact with customers. So I like to think we're on a transformation right now that we're going to be, you know, successful in helping a lot of restaurants and retailers out there. So something else that I think people who listen to this might want to know, what advice would you give to somebody that really wants to get into tech industry and and what, how can they do that? Yeah, it's a really, really good question. I mean, the first thing I would say is the tech industry, although large, it's small. So your network, your experiences, right? Those are things that really matter in this industry. And so build a network, build a community, always ask to understand what other departments do, what other resources take on. Always understand as many dimensions of the tech industry as you can, because it always comes in handy. It always does. Every time I think about even an elevator conversation, right? With someone I'd never known, um, later allowed for a connection to be made when a problem, you know, that I needed to help a customer solve. And so build a network, be curious, ask a lot of questions, learn, right? The more you know, the better you'll be. Um, so that would be, you know, some of my higher level advice. Really tactically, just be thankful. I, I think in the tech industry, I always like to pay it forward because I feel like a lot of people helped me in my journey. And so just, you know, be appreciative when someone does that for you. It goes such a long way. I often see, especially new graduates, 
forget about that, you know, that it's important to, to respect and appreciate others, you know, when they've kind of reached out to give you a, a hand, but then I'll end, just be passionate about what you do and go for it. You only get, you know, this opportunity once, right? Your career comes around one time, go for it. And it's amazing what happens when you have that kind of mentality, especially in the tech industry. That's really insightful advice. Kind of make, kind of goes back to what you were saying about community and WSU too. Any last words about what your maybe next adventures might be or, or anything else that you might want to tell the Cougar Nation? Yeah, well, you know, my one my one thought would be next time you use Starbucks, think of Brightland, right? If you work in the industry, you know, check us out. Certainly as we try and follow our path, you know, that might be kind of fun and exciting. You know, I, I think it's a really thankful kook myself, right? And what Wazoo has, Washington State has given me. I think um, I would just say go kooks. Thanks for listening. For more podcast episodes, alumni profiles, and WSU stories, go to magazine.wsu.edu. The Viewscapes music is by Emeritus Music Professor Greg Yazanitsky.